Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Jim Gray. Hey, hey. Talking about Gray. Jim Gray. Jim Jell. Gray Slide. starts as simple as this. Welcome to another episode of Believe in Skateboarding. I am Jim Gray. I'm the host. And the most important question of the whole show is, I'm Jim Gray. Who the hell are you? And I'm Alex. I am I am your optometrist. <laughs> he is the optometrist to the skateboarding yeah. superstars. How's that? Yeah. Um, although I should take myself out of that. I <laughs> don't consider myself a superstar. <laughs> but uh, he does the likes of Christian Desoy and mm-hmm. Eddie Elguera and uh, Scott Hoster, who's also my accountant <laughs> yes. and a skateboarder. Uh, Nick Rosenthal, we learned. Uh, I think Lonnie Hiramoto. Not Lonnie, no. Not Lonnie, no. Who I'm trying to think who I've seen in here, but uh, uh, Cab, uh, Cab, McGill, Dressen, and uh, Skate Master was. Who oh, else I was? miss Jerry a lot. Mark Waters is one that. Well, yeah, Mark, oh, sorry to hear that. Sorry. I mean, yeah, it's me too. not. I mean, just makes me sad to think about it. Mark was a good guy. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and I met you through uh, Chuck Wallstead. Let's and talk Chuck. about the most important orange yeah. local. Um, the one. Let's yeah. start with that. Let's start with the controversy. Uh-huh. Okay, you named your your optometry oh, thing Orange you. Circle okay. Optometry. Yeah, you and, did your uh, research. And Chuck is a very deep, deep, yeah. old school orange. And the actual circle of orange is known as the Orange Plaza. Uh, okay. Uh, so, uh, so good I, I was told that was You're brought a shock up. Jock, look at this. Shock jock. Yeah. I think it's the only thing I got. Yeah. No. No. It's funny because that's a good, uh, like a legit. So, like, we actually bought the business from someone else, and it was already called Orange Circle. Oh, so then you're off the hook. Yeah, well, see, like, that's my excuse. There you go, that is your excuse. But when I took over the business, yeah, I know all about the controversy, because I grew up here, and it's actually funny you mentioned it, because, like, if you look above the door, we straight up have a... It's actually Chuck's mom's license plate frame that she oh. gives out to everyone. Oh, my God. This, this, is... Is, this is the plaza, not the circle. Oh, I didn't even know that. She goes that far. That's pretty oh, she's, funny. She's hardcore. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So for those of you who don't understand, we're uh, in yeah. Orange, California. Yeah. Orange, California has a very historic like roundabout in the middle of its old school downtown area, very classic old bank buildings and restaurants and uh, it's known as the Orange Plaza. And most of us just Orange County people say, yeah, oh, you know, the Orange Circle. Yeah. Um, so it's nicknamed the Orange Circle. And uh, and one of our good friends, mutual friend Chuck's mother, is an uh, uh, old school historian <laughs> in the town and, does, and, and has been fights, fights yeah, to call, yeah. get it called the plaza. <laughs> yeah. So I'll tell you this. When I'm around Chuck, out of respect to Chuck and his mom, I, you'll hear me say plaza or I'll say old town. But around everyone else, I'm Orange Circle, I... Exactly. Most people. Well, I think it becomes just a, literally a slang thing. Yeah. Well, also, it's just if you live here, you just say the circle, and you know where you're going. Well, I think because you're not really identifying it as the as the thing, you're identifying the fact that it is a roundabout. It's yeah. a circle. But see, that's there was very few roundabouts in, yeah. you know, California probably at the time that thing was made. Yeah. So. But see, people get pissed off though when you start researching that because then they'll start saying, "No, it's actually a square." Like when you look over through a helicopter, it's a square. Oh, it's funny. The sidewalk is, yeah, yeah exactly. But the, but the roundabout is yeah. a circle. And obviously, and, you yeah. should be going about what you're driving on. And people will say it's not a circle; it's an ellipse. Like it's not a perfect circle. There's a lot of like. <laughs> wow, we can. That's called making a mountain out of a molehill. Yeah. Well, see, my, this is my argument. Who cares? Like, well, you could call it a plaza or call it a circle. You, all, you know you're talking about the same play, so it really yeah. shouldn't matter. Well, I think when you grow up somewhere, some people just refers to a spot as the pier. Or it's yeah, the, yeah. You know, yeah. Um, and you know what they're talking about, yeah. and that's what should matter. But yeah, it's funny you bring up Chuck because I, I am very respectful around him. So Old Town's probably the, the term I'll use. Yeah, and Chuck Wallstead is yeah. he's one of my oldest skate buddies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I uh, hang out with him more now than ever. We uh, skated Big O Skate Park together when we were kids. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's like over 40 years ago. Uh, he lives a couple blocks from here. Mm-hmm. And I'll probably do a podcast with him one of these days. Yeah. You know, just you you know, say, okay, mm-hmm. all right. 
spill the guts. You know, a band <laughs> called the Shits. Why'd you call a band the Shits? Well, that's uh, that's controversial. So actually, I find shit stickers on my car everywhere so, I go. If if I grab my phone, all my text messages to Chuck, or when I drive and I see a shit sticker on a. I take a picture every time I see one. Yeah, that, that's. So have a nice I think that's why he does it, so people will stay in touch with him. Yeah, it, yeah, it works. <laughs> I'm like, hey, check me out. Guess where I'm at? Oh, you're all tested and leaking. Yeah, he 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 does. Yeah. He's quite a good tagger. Yeah, he is. He tells you if. So so we met through Chuck, and Chuck Correct. is a skateboarder. Correct. And you're a skateboarder, so so we met at the Van Skate Park, I believe. Correct. We were outdoors just skating, and yeah. Chuck said, "Yeah, this is this is you know Alex, he's optometrist." I'm like, "That's good to know." Yeah. You know, because I, like yeah. many people, have wandered through the the, the depths of hell and yeah. eye exam 2000 or whatever like that. You know, just mm-hmm. didn't know where I have a regular optometrist. So it was, uh, I was stoked to find a skateboarding optometrist mm-hmm. in Which Orange County. Which I do remember that day because I appreciate it because you said, you're a skater, I'm going to go to you. Yeah. As simple as that. And like, you didn't have to think about it. You're like, oh, I'm going to go to you. And you kept your word, by the way. A lot of people Whoa. say they're going to go to me <laughs> and then I never see him again. Well, I mean, you do a good job. Well, thank you. You know, uh, I mean, I brought people mm-hmm. in here that uh, actually you did some surprising stuff with a uh, good good uh, friend of mine Karen that came in here was you know had her eyes checked and you found that her eyes are aligned different you helped her save her yeah. some uh, the calls from the uh, ophthalmologist who constantly wants to do surgery on her mm-hmm. and so uh, you know that was appreciated so I could see that you were good at what you did as well so Thank you. Um, you backed I, it up my friend you backed yeah, it up I didn't want to make you look bad <laughs> you didn't want to make me look yeah. bad yeah. well that's good so uh, so when did you start skateboarding so I think you think I'm from the '90s era. I think that's what I thought. I don't know. Yeah, that's what I thought because you're. How old are you? Let's start with that. So I'm 43, I'm 44 next month. Okay. So my era is the whole Bones Brigade blow up. That's me. The so, end of it. So you were a little kid in the yeah. In the tail I was. End of the let me say brigade. little kid, third grade. Yeah. Third grade. I'm gonna say 86, 87. Okay. Yeah, that be was wrong. the Bones Brigade. Yeah. Mega. Yeah. Mega yeah. It's that's what it was. The cab, the hawk, the McGill. Oh, so sorry. Yeah, but it, that's what it was, specifically Animal Chin. But I was skating before that. I kind of briefly was telling you, like, you know, before that I had, like, the Veriflex that I rode on my knees. So were you guys riding jump ramps in the street during the so, Bones Brigade okay, era? Okay, specifically, yes. Yeah. Just like little, little launch ramps. What's funny is where I lived, I was kind of lucky. There was a ditch right down there called the Highland Ditch. So I think it's still there, but they threw a bunch of rocks in it. But it's actually a pretty legit little spot which I think I mean most people go they'll probably did you ever ride Flower Street I didn't ride that was before my time I only rode it a couple times I don't know what that was that was probably early early mid 80s too or something like that I can't remember now yeah that was before Flower and then also what's before my time which is ironic because I'm talking about this ditch that I used to skate it was six houses away from me like a little alley off the 55 it's right by uh, what was Big O so I actually used to skate Big O not Big O but Big O's torn down lot meaning like and this is the thing that's funny is i had no clue it was a skate park oh so just the parking lot was still there it wasn't even a parking lot it was because it became what was called waterville usa Uh yeah so what happens is it was waterville usa they tore that down and it was just like an abandoned concrete it's just concrete ledges uh just random well because they built the the water park while the skate park was still open Oh, I didn't know that. It, they okay. did, yeah. Okay. In fact, that's kind of what shut the skate. But when it was yeah. operating as the water park, um, someone broke through one of the plexiglass yeah. things and yeah. was literally dangling like 80 feet in the air with her body halfway out of it because there was yeah. a... And I knew the first time I went down the water slide, it was like, holy crap. Mm. You flew out of this one corner and you didn't hug the curve. You <laughs> flew at it. Uh-huh. So I think after about 10,000 bodies... Flew at that at the time. I don't think it was. As, it wasn't as flexible plastic as they make now. Yeah. It was more like true plexiglass. And literally, I think after bodies smacked enough times, it cracked yeah. it, and somebody literally went through it. Yeah, that's and, the story. I and heard water too. was spilling out yeah. right that. And that was. I think that became a big lawsuit, and that ended up being the final dagger. They mm-hmm. built that to keep the skate park open, mm-hmm. right? What can we do with this land? We built all this concrete. No one's skating here anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, are very few and. Um, and so they built that to kind of save it, and it ended up killing so it. So when I went to the water park, the skate park wasn't... I don't remember the skate park being there at all. I think it transitioned to full water park because they had a... It's funny. So when I would skate there in the lot, mm-hmm. they had the, the pool, like the actual swimming pool. It wasn't the bowl. Like they, I know they had the clover there. Yeah. It was just these four... I think there were four individual pools that kids swim in because they were still there when they skated, but they were filled with dirt. So, like, you couldn't skate it, but it was the concrete, and you would see the circle, 
filmmaker. And I can't remember because I mean the park itself, you know, closed, and mm -hmm. we, you know, I don't really know how what they did with the water park after that. I mean, I don't know when the lawsuit happened. Or I can't really remember. Mm -hmm. I mean, everything was closing down at the time. Mm -hmm. But uh, we're going to have to get some more history on that. I'm going to yeah. do some follow-up questions on this with Mr. Wallstead or yeah, he, whatever well, and ask him. Because you know. uh, he worked there. He did work there. Yeah. And he also lived really close. Yeah. So I'm sure and he my, was aware of the, of the transition. Because I didn't know it was a skate park until later on. So to me, that was a water park. And we skated an abandoned water park, basically. That's what I thought. That's to, pretty cool. To find out later that, oh, no, that's... That was the skate park. That was big. Oh, it was kind of cool to find that out later. Like, it's funny. So, like, so I was in that era. So, and then it's, we had a ditch that I would always skate. My neighbor, three doors down, he built a mini ramp, but it was a flop, meaning, like, mm -hmm. <laughs> like, this is, we're, what, like, nine years old, maybe, at that time. So, <laughs> it's kind of sad, because he spent a lot, we would go through the trash cans, get all the trash, like, basically all the wood we had, but we couldn't get sheets of plywood. So, we had the frame made out of just construction site leftovers but us being like nine-year-olds drew it so it's straight vert little train and then flat Some kink basically yeah so, so his dad was cool and bought the plywood for us but we couldn't skate it because it was just drop in fall and then it was a flat so it was it wasn't there's was a big learning curve when it came to uh ramp construction and yeah. uh, homemade stuff so you know what I, I mean this podcast i do is with people that skate and that I find yeah. interesting you're, you're a nice guy you have an interesting thing you know with your with your optometry business here uh, interesting clientele that cross over into skateboarding how is how did skateboarding affect your life like how do you feel that it factors into like who you are today that, and, and what you do and that's it's funny because that's actually pretty easy for me to answer like it made me know who I was at a young age meaning like so kind of and even to this day, like my kind of pet peeve that like kind of makes me mad is when I see people that I don't know, like they change all the time, meaning they don't know who they are, and like they're trying is, to figure themselves out, yeah, trying to find out. Yeah, you know? like I mean, like, I I'm a golfer. I'm a you know. Yeah, it's, yeah. yeah. It's, so like, what it was for me as a kid, it was I skated, and then that went in with punk, and I like metal too. So like all of that at a young age. That's exactly who I am now. I'm no different. So, like, as a kid, there were a lot of skaters. Mm -hmm. Like, when I was a kid, we all started skating. Like I said, the whole Bones Brigade rush. But then a lot of people started turning into other things. You know, some people would start, oh, I'm a houser now, I listen to house music. Some a lot of people started turning into taggers. Like, they stopped skating and started spray painting. It's just interesting, like, like people change. And then all those people that once they became taggers, they turned into something else. Where I could tell you from day one, that's what I was and I knew who I was and it's funny because like I incorporate that philosophy in my work meaning like I don't sell out if that sounds weird like when I do stuff like you try to stay true to what you yeah, what you believe in rather yeah. than like follow every new trend that comes out yeah. I'm sure even in optometry I'm sure there's new things that they're always being pushed on you by the industry whatever yeah. that way it works I mean it's like we want to yeah. sell this or we want to sell that and I would venture to guess that a skateboarder is going to say you got to sell me a little harder on that and first because skateboarders is. don't want to follow what someone else tells them to do by you. nature. Yeah, so I'll tell you the perfect example of that. Like right now, like everyone asks me about blue blocker sunglasses, like or just regular glasses for the computer. And they're in COVID, they blew up because everyone was at home working from home. Yeah. So then if you ask me about it, I'm like, oh, there's no proof that they help actually. Um, so this is like a coating you put on? Yeah, it's just it gets rid of blue. But the catch okay. is this. They had that forever. And they used to market it to us a long time ago to sell it to older people that have what's called macular degeneration. Uh -huh. Well, guess what? A lot more people have computers than have macular degeneration. So for me, I was always skeptical about that. And it's hard because people ask me about it. I'm saying it, it might help, but it's not the greatest thing in the world. So, And then other places are going to push that at you. But that just has to do with more of me just kind of... Well, the integrity of it is not trying to push things on people yeah, not at just because yeah. you know there's another hundred dollars. Yeah, exactly. You know I mean, that's the thing, and I've always said I'm proud of myself that I won't step over someone's head to get a nickel on the other side. And a lot of people are like, "Oh, kill anything in your path as long yeah. as you get that nickel on the yeah. other side." It's like, nah, I kind of, I'd rather you be rather proud. I'd rather die eyes. believing in something yeah. than not stand for anything at all. You know, so how's that? I believe, and then also, but I've learned though that acting that way, people are going to come back. You know, it's like, oh, they trust this guy. I'm going to keep coming back, and they'll keep seeing you. And they'll tell your friends, like, and they'll tell their friends. They'll tell their family. So, like, for example, I've seen you. You bring in your friends. These guys, all your skater friends, they bring in their family. So I just see, I see their wives. I see their kids. People come in all the time and tell me 
has always sent me someone will come in and I, it's, it's like a constant thing oh yeah no, people who ask me and I tell them yeah. they're like stoked they're stoked to find yeah. out that because it's like finding an auto mechanic you know <laughs> who isn't going to tell example. you your water yeah. pump's going bad when it's yeah. not you know, yeah. just because it's an extra $200 in labor yeah. uh, and when you know someone's going to always fix what yeah. really needs to get fixed and yeah. give you options like I can do it this way or that way so you know if you don't if yeah. times are tight right now you know I mean someone who just works with you and keeps it real yeah. um, and definitely like I said I saw that with you when I brought you know others mm-hmm. in here and saw how you work with them yeah. and it was like okay good you're 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 mm-hmm. keeping it real with them so they uh, you know I think that's appreciated so well thank you uh, and like, and that is kind of cool to think that uh, yeah. you feel that comes from your skateboarding yeah well totally you know? yeah totally like yeah. I said and like so my skating, I skated a lot when I was younger, but I started to drift away. And actually, it's funny because I started to drift away from skating when the popsicles started popping out, like all the mm-hmm. popsicle boards. I was really into like fat. I like noses, yeah. but like fat shaped noses. So like basically like, so like, and then so like I was talking about like people changing. Everyone started getting big old baggy pants. Yeah. Everyone yeah. started wearing big clothes. And I was the guy who still wore tight pants. And then I was lame. And I was like, whatever. And to this day, I can now make fun of those people for switching. And then now they look at themselves and make fun of themselves. That's probably one of my biggest beefs is when skateboarders turn against skateboarders. Yeah. You know, and, and there was uh, that whole 90s transition was sort of, it was I wouldn't say calculated, but it was uh, pushed and promoted by people in the industry who just mm-hmm. wanted to take the business away. They wanted the business to be taken away from the Powells and the Santa Cruz mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. So they had to put them down. So everything they did, which was basically based around those wide, older boards like that, mm-hmm. was lame. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's funny. My company, Acme Skateboards, we made the first skateboard like under 10 inches almost. We made mm-hmm. a board we called the Strike Funky Thin Ride. It was nine, nine inches, and it was mm-hmm. in 1991. I was like, you guys are crazy making mm-hmm. a nine-inch wide board. Because everybody's boards were still, mm-hmm. Jason Lee's, all, they were all still 10 inches yeah. wide, even and though that's they were like, new street guy. Yeah. And, uh, and, and we did it because Ron goes, boards are going to get thinner. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was still a shaped board. It still had a nose, still had a tail. It was just, it was just Correct. You know, the idea that like I think the things, blind think things are like getting said, a little yeah. leaner. Yeah. Then the popsicle thing got so ludicrous to where, you know, people would act like nobody... It's not even possible to ride. I actually heard a guy once in the industry go, we finally found the perfect shape. I go, mm-hmm. no, it's a lazy man shape. The best skateboarders I know, they can rip on anything. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if there's a spear nose or a square nose or a round nose. And you're, you're acting like if it's not a popsicle shape, they can't even skate on it. Mm-hmm. Well, now that's been proven wrong. Mm-hmm. Because all the little skinny popsicles everyone was riding, they're seven and a half and eight. Now all the top street guys ride eight and a half inch wide boards mm-hmm. because it's cool to ride wider boards and a little bit bigger wheels and so on and mm-hmm. so on. So the sad thing is leading people down paths of fashion, in a mm-hmm. sense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and having them choose fashion over what really works mm-hmm. you know so the, the 90s in general was sort of a hijack mm-hmm. of skateboarding uh, and it's taken a long time to recover from it how's that I mean mm-hmm. we're talking two and a half decades later and it's only starting skateboarding starting to become very well spread out again where you can buy every kind of board or whatever. Correct, popsicles yeah. are still the majority seller mm-hmm. and mostly because of fashion not because of function but um, yeah I mean I definitely I understand the feeling of uh, a lot of people drifted away a lot, a lot of skateboarders felt um unwelcome mm-hmm. in skateboarding right you know something you love doing and a lot of like 80 skaters suddenly felt like oh yeah but you're not welcome here mm-hmm. because we're cool and you're not it's like the umbilical cord was cut for a short period of time mm-hmm. i think what sort of in the end that drifted it back together later is like one stuff like the dogtown and the z boys movie mm-hmm. came out mm-hmm. like that and and a new generation of kids got all kind of fascinated with like Mm-hmm. old school stuff and carving and like this is mm-hmm. this is fun they saw the fun of skateboarding I think the fun of skateboarding was kind of forgotten towards the late 90s and mm-hmm. it was all about no it's not about enjoying riding your skateboard it's about doing a trick mm-hmm. it's about making your board flip over it's about spinning your board it's like that's not why I started skateboarding I started skateboarding because I like the feeling of the motion mm-hmm. right you know I didn't go off a launch ramp because I wanted to flip my board I wanted to boost in the yeah. air I wanted to mm-hmm. go fast I want to launch off curbs I don't care I want to launch off something I want to go in the ditch and carve mm-hmm. um and then, you know, they were merchandised with that whole popsicle stick thing. No, it's about, it's all about mm-hmm. flipping your board mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, and, and launching downstairs. And, uh, it's it crazy times. Mm-hmm. So how'd you, uh, what got you back into skateboarding again after you drifted away for a while? I just, I still skated. It just yeah. wasn't like, I wasn't passionate about it. Honestly, I just, uh, I went to optometry school. And then that took up all my time. It was right after I graduated uh, optometry school. I just got back into it. Did again. you go into optometry school straight after high school, college? So the way it college? works is uh, 
high school, then I did four years of, you have to do four years of underground and then mm-hmm. four years of optometry. So that's like yeah. eight years where I kind okay. of, and not eight, but like seven years of not really skating. Yeah, no, as soon as I graduated so, so it's basically to California. So it's basically a doctor, you're, you're a do- you have a doctor's, yeah, it's a doctorate, yeah. 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 Um, and uh, and then what the difference between an opth- ophthalmologist is going to another level of yeah. surge- surge- so, surgery, exactly, right? Exactly, yeah. Okay. They go for another additional four or more years. Yeah. yeah, and they do surgery. So I don't do any surgery. I just do like glasses. I do little things here and there, but nothing like I'm not going to cut you open or anything. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I understand. But I mean, that's, but this is, that's the, if you look at the business, that's yeah. the majority of people need their eyes correct and their vision corrected. Correct, correct. Um, yeah. Less people in the population can afford yeah. to pay the price. To, uh, to have an ophthalmologist yeah. operate on their eyes. Correct. But could you, with what you do, could you do LASIK? Since that are no, you, so that's the same thing. That's also an ophthalmologist. Yeah, that's a, so it depends. There's a lot of laws mm-hmm. that regulate that. So honestly, in California, that would probably never happen. But in other states, like Oklahoma, I would be able to if I moved there, which I would never do. Would you do. have to go take courses to get to Yeah, exactly. But you also have to states. want to do it. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? You're you're in a personable job right now yeah. where you socialize the people, you communicate, you help them pick out some style and yeah. correct their vision. So that's um, what's cool. It's a whole different job. thing now getting into a laser and getting yeah. into the nitty-gritty of uh, sterilization and, uh, you know. So, yeah. So what's cool about my job is I'm locked in a room with someone for like, 20, 25 minutes. So I get to know, like, so all these people that come in here, just anyone, I get to know them pretty well. And yeah. you I kind of become friends with a lot yeah. of people, which is pretty cool. I meet a lot of people because of it. And it's because you're locked in, you're locked in a room. And, you know, I can out talk or not say anything. It'd just be really awkward. So I just kind of run my mouth as I'm doing an exam and you start to learn about people. Yeah. No, that makes total sense yeah, so because you have a captive, uh, a, a captive for 20 minutes mm-hmm. and, and, and people at least who like to talk it's like, like myself. It's kind of like interviewing people. Uh, I'm basically interviewing people in there and just to pass the time and so it doesn't feel so awkward. And also, it's fun. It's cool. That's interesting. And you get yeah. to see all personality types. Oh too. yeah, definitely. You know. Yeah. A lot of it's, you know, there's most people I see in Orange are super nice. Yeah. It's like a really good Orange town. is a great town. Orange, yeah. Orange is a town where it's just, it's such a still, old-fashioned, just middle-class, you know. Yeah, it's not de- Decent neighborhood. Yeah, it's not It's not yeah, it, too hoity-toity. And, and then uh, I've also, like, I've kind of told people everyone that's here is here on purpose. Like, there's not like anyone's here because they're stuck here and they're trying to get out of here. And one day I'm going to break. Yeah, everyone that's here is because they want to be here. It's by choice. Yeah, like, yeah. You know. and honestly, I mean, it's... Middle class, upper middle yeah. class enough to where if you can afford to live here, you could move somewhere yeah. else. Yeah. So it's not like you're in a good somewhere. Like yeah. I don't know where to go. How would I get out of here? I can't yeah. afford to move anywhere yeah. better than this. So yeah. you want to um, be here? Yeah. No, it's good. It's located well. It's you know what, ten miles from the beach, maybe something yeah. like that. Yeah. In yeah. you know, um, which can be either a hour and a half drive or, <laughs> yeah. or fifteen minutes. It really yeah. depends. Yeah. Uh, I was in a good parking lot on the way here tonight, and on the fifty-five. It? Yeah, it's oh, horrible God. coming yeah. this direction from yeah. the coast at night. Yeah. Um, but uh, and how far do you live from? I used work? to live six. Blo- I just moved, so yeah. I lived six blocks away, which was great because I could just I would skate here actually. Yeah, just roll down and. But now, uh, yeah, I live in Anaheim Hills now. I just oh, okay. moved. So. so that's about a ten minute drive. Yeah, it's no big yeah. deal. It's like ten to fifteen minutes. So. Yeah, yeah, but I can't complain. It's, that's the way it works. Yeah, I'm you not have, you have one child. Yeah, one yeah. kid. He's five right now. You going for more? Oh, uh, no, I doubt it. You think so? You can do uh, one? Yeah. We have one, and I'm tired all the time. Like, <laughs> I can't. It's because I, I give him, like, I don't give him 100%. I give him, like, 150%. Yeah, and well, and I, clearly, he's in yeah. a band. He's got his yeah. own band going. We, we yeah. print stickers for his band. Uh, yeah, that's right. You know, uh, so let's talk about that. Let's yeah. talk about, I mean, you, you have some, a lot of music friends. Yeah. Uh, we have friends in common, like Christian Jacobs, who yeah. is, for those people who follow music, is Aquabats. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the head of that he worked for me once making yeah. skateboard videos mm-hmm. before they started their Yo Gabba Gabba show I mean it's yeah. amazing how the, all the tie in and, um, and so they're so w- w- do they play a part in your kid liking music uh, my kid it's funny uh, my kid uh, kind of because I put on Yo Gabba Gabba and I, I, I would call that planting the seed meaning like I put on specific exposing, exposing them to it yeah, yeah so I, there's an episode specifically called it's either called band or music where they all get guitars, Roby the green guy gets drums, and then there's another one called Bride, which is specifically them. One segments them uh, skating, one surfing, and then the other one I don't remember what it is. I think they're riding a bike. So yeah, so that kind of plants the seeds, and I showed that when he was a baby over and over and over again. But no, he makes his own decisions. Like like he's so he plays drums, and like I have a drum set, but I can't teach him. He, like he does it himself, and it's rad because he. 
can he listen to songs and oh, learn yeah. to play he, he them? Oh yeah, he got so, a yeah. record player when he was yeah. two years old. Okay. Like he yeah. spins vinyl on his yeah. own, and that's like as a dad, that's like a and he's five. That's pretty crazy. He's five now, so he's yeah. been doing it for three, and he's a yeah. pro. Like, like it's funny because like I have a lot of records that are expensive, yeah. and I'm afraid to let him for sure do it. But I've gotten to the point where it's like, you know what? If I give him this record, and it's expensive record, and he ruins it, but he learns to like this band. To me, it's a good, it's it's okay, it's all right. So he's he's learned a lot of good music that he like genuinely likes. I can't tell him what to like, but it's funny because like his big thing is like. So this is what's funny. So I love the Misfits. That's my favorite. Like I love. I made a lot of Misfits boards. Okay. Yeah. Yes, you did, and it's funny because was I couldn't get one. Uh, anyway, that was a side story. But anyways, yeah, I like love the Misfits. Like I'm like a real big nerd when it comes to that. And so I, the the band thing for him is specifically when he was two, he could barely talk, but I could say something he would repeat it. So I recorded him, and I made him sing Misfit songs. I add the music. I saw me doing the music, but then he's singing it, and it's like the cutest thing in the world. And then I have other songs that are like original ones. So those the cool part is I had those online, and uh, I got a cease and desist. Like hey, you from can't. the Misfits. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's pretty funny. Yeah, but it worked. I mean, I don't like want to really say anything. Well, I understand. But that's that's yeah. the, they protect their uh, yeah copyrights or whatever. So, but I don't like to say that nothing's came out of it yet. Yeah. But it's one of these good cease and deceases yeah. though, where it's okay. You can't do this, but we like it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you have to stop, but uh, but they want to do something with it. So uh -huh. that's what's been going on. But it's one of those things I don't want to get my hopes up. Yeah, yeah. I've been kind of getting tagged like leave led on and on so it's funny because they brought it to danzig and to get his permission to hey can we like this is under the misfits label yeah well side label actually it's a side story glenn straight up said no <laughs> glenn does not like it it's not funny so that was a quick no but so they're going to release this is the goal it's supposed to get released under a side label but we can't do the misfit songs but there's other songs that I'm able to get to do. I just want to say anything because, like, yeah, I, get I feel it. like but you're, you're trying to do something creative with your kid. Yeah, I try to. It's it's yeah. just fun. It's just yeah. fun. But it's one of those things. Like, I've been getting stringed along. I haven't been getting stringed along. I just haven't been confirmed yet. Well, okay, it's tough too because even on their their half, if you don't protect a copyright or a trademark, mm -hmm. you end up losing rights. And mm -hmm. So they have to fight. I mean, I know yeah. from skateboards will send a letter to you know if you wrote yeah. if you wrote orange. Circle Plaza, yeah. whatever optometry <laughs> up front. It was in Santa Cruz style lettering. Yeah. They'll like write you a cease and desist letter if you like was a with a skateboard sticker next to it or whatever like that. I mean, so yeah. um, some people go a little overboard with that, but uh, yeah, um, but yeah, so they do that. I mean, but, but at the same time, they always there's there's the okay. But that's all the Misfits this. has: t-shirt yeah. sales, skateboard sales. You know, that, that's their thing. They recorded yeah. a you know stuff. They they built an iconic name. They gotta mm. live off that. That's yeah. their that's their life. I mean, yeah. I mean. Uh, and they were pretty heavily involved, Jerry only, whatever. You know, he used yeah. to actually, you know, I, one I would deal with directly to yeah. pay money to yeah. and stuff like that. So not like they had some huge management team and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. um, interesting. That's yeah. funny. I can't, interesting to see what but that But that, that, that did come about because of Christian Jacobs, too, though. Because Christian Jacobs saw my stuff. And he's like, oh, cool. You all like this? The manager of the Misfits. And he sent it to them. And that's how this all oh. kind of got going. So he's been he's been a big... He's helped us a lot, meaning yeah. like. Well, I like, love Christian because he's just a good guy. Yeah, oh, that, he's just that's a good person. Yeah. Period. It's like, how could yeah. you not love him? He's a good. Oh, uh, yeah, that guy's always on. Like, 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 he immediately walks in, and everyone stops what they're doing. Hey, Christian's here, and like everyone's excited. Yeah, he's love that guy. Like, but he's done a lot of like really nice, nice things. Well, for honestly, us. he's always gone out of his, out of his way to mm -hmm. like thank me for whatever little part I played in his life. He goes, mm -hmm. "You bought the first computer I ever edited on," uh -huh. you know, because I. Not the computers to make skateboard videos. They were looking for jobs, and we hired them to do stuff like that. And well, that's fine. I mean, like his talent is all his. Yeah, he just happened to pass through my life <laughs> because of Marty Jimenez. You yeah. know, Jinx. They were close. It's funny. I've only seen the Aquabats play once in my life. My mm -hmm. kids seen him stuff like that mm -hmm. I, in Marty Jimenez's house. Uh -huh. You know, mm -hmm. <laughs> they played a birthday party yeah. like it's probably in the eighties or something like that, or maybe the, the early nineties. Yeah, it would have been like late nineties. Uh, yeah, yeah, somewhere that I don't remember yeah. when. It's been so long. But I remember they, they all wore their Alita wetsuit. You know, yeah. stretchy outfits. And, so, uh, same, same um, thing today. Nothing's changed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but it's awesome. But uh, but but I'm saying, but he he doesn't need to 
he could just be, hey, Jim, nice to see you. But he's always been super like, he'll like, here, I'll draw a picture of on my skateboard of uh, one of the Yo Gabba Gabba characters and yeah. say, Jim is my boss. Or whatever. And he's just like, <laughs> just, it's just really cute that he uh, yeah. cares enough to acknowledge where well, someone's been he, in his life. So he actually, <laughs> if you ask him who, who comes to see me, he... He is when he describes me. He tells everyone I'm Jim Gray's optometrist. <laughs> that's that's his definition of who I am. <laughs> uh, well, you know what's funny? Yeah. I have become more known for my glasses in the last uh, yeah. couple of years than ever in my life. I think because I think once yeah. I picked once I picked those red glasses, yeah. that became because like, you're not subtle. That's yeah. the thing. There's different um, glasses. You're not subtle. So what's yeah. funny is uh, the people like skater wise that were known for their glasses. Eddie O'Gara was. Was one. Eddie's are very striking yeah. now. They're he's white always and clear. Been, yeah, he's yeah. always been no, but he's same thing. He's not subtle either. But you're not subtle, so it's pretty cool. Yeah, it and it's funny. Eddie called me as I was walking the dog out there because yeah. yeah. they're doing something on the Elgato Classic, and mm-hmm. uh, want to do some interview stuff on Monday. So it's interesting how it all ties mm-hmm. all ties together. Yeah. So the skateboard the skateboard world definitely crosses over. So um, did you skate while you were going to optometry school? No, Was that, that's yeah, when I stopped. Yeah. yeah. So I, well, it's funny because I had a board. I just never had time to ride it and then uh, once I came back here that's when I started skating again where'd you go to optometry school Florida Florida, Florida South Florida so it's funny because uh, there was a little skate scene there but I didn't know where <laughs> like where it was they didn't have any any parks that I knew I you're too busy in your thong on the beach playing, <laughs> playing volleyball that's right <laughs> thick wrinkly tan skid yeah so how long have you had this uh office here 10 years, 10 years so, okay. yeah we've been here for 10 years and did you work somewhere else first oh i worked all over the place okay. so yeah i do like fill-in work so so i've been out of school since 2007 can't do the math in my head like 18 years yeah that's a while yeah yeah so yeah but i've been here for 10 years. so like i spent like maybe five or eight yeah it's like five years just doing fill-in work everywhere so like i worked everywhere all over southern california and then finally i bought this place and this is like my home base so I won't I won't it's be good. going it's anywhere it's yeah. a great place so yeah. it's good oh, yeah, I plan on running. being here till I die so now you're stoked that Orange is going to get a skate park oh yeah How's that's that? a big deal that's really cool so Mark comes here yeah. so there's a lot of people that come here that feel bad if the not to uh, Dennis Martinez but yeah Mark from uh, Contenders to see him and his family and uh, yeah that was a big deal that was a big deal and it's funny because I always felt guilty because he would do the meetings all the time across the street. I've gone, he's always, he thanks me. He's like, oh, thanks for going. I'm like, well, I only went to one, but you've had like. Yeah. I went to, I went to two or three once. Chuck kind of told me like, hey, we're kind of at this impasse. And uh, I've been through the thing with Costa Mesa, spent, you know, hundreds of hours of my life to get the Costa Mesa park built. Um, And I knew some of the stuff they were up against was illogical, you know, telling, you know, like, yeah, yeah, we'll give you land if you come up with the money yourself and so on and so forth. And that's, Cities will do that if you if you let them, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but I mean, this is truly public recreation. It's like I'm sorry, but the the citizens aren't paying for their racquetball courts and tennis courts. And mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I mean, they are in the sense of just living here and whatever taxes like that. But there's taxes, grants, you know, all sorts of stuff like that. So mm-hmm. um, that was really only my input was really pushing them. Like, no, you just need to say no. It's a, it's it's not, uh, you mm-hmm. know. This and, and and he pointed out, Mark pointed out to them that you know. Look, yeah, sure, I'll be able to fund this in fifty years yeah. at the rate I'm going. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, and why should a business have to sell? You know, give ten percent of sales of every pair of shoes they do to get a skate park built? It's great. It says a lot about Mark. Yeah, that oh, yeah. he was willing to do that. Yeah. Um, but uh, but That's ultimately, a- the city had the money. And how ironic that you know Costa Mesa. I fought to get Costa Mesa uh, with Jinx and all these guys years ago. It's been there for gosh, seventeen or eighteen years. And um, and literally, like last week, I was the. I wasn't even at the meeting or even knew they were having meetings. They just had some grant money and they're like, say, they approved like $3 million for this park, $4 million, $2 million to expand the, 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 the Costa Mesa Volcom Skate Park. And I'm like, that's what I like to hear. So mm-hmm. it looks like Costa Mesa is going to get an expansion too. So. Oh, awesome. Cool. Um, but it takes a lot yeah. of work. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's the thing is, too, it's a, I'm a person that I'm a lot of talk but no action, meaning like it's it's hard. You're you're that's not you. You're the opposite. Like even like to do this podcast, something I can kind of like reward you for. You're like, all right, I'll just come over and do this. Well, it's a good. But the reason I do it because it's fun for me. Yeah. I mean, literally, I've made like 150 dollars off doing a podcast for a couple years because they do little ads every now and then. Like three or four times, I've gotten a PayPal deposit for like 12 dollars in my account. It's funny. There's just different Uh, types of people, though. There's people like so. It's like, hey, I'm going to do this. Cool. All right, let's do it. And when I do want to make something happen, I yeah, I. I, But you get it done. Well, I guess I learned somehow um, that. I don't know why, you know, I mean, I think we most of us grew up where 
there wasn't so much involvement, parents, things like that. And yeah. I don't know, as I was raising my kids, I learned you went to school and like, if no one volunteered for back to school night, it didn't really happen. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I just would help out at fall festival or fair and the, and the, the Boy Scouts and my kids were scouts and mm-hmm. run the Pinewood Derby thing. And I mean, I guess I, I got a later taste in life as far as knowing that it, it, things needed to get done that weren't just going to happen without anybody doing them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and believe me, I'm not a bleeding heart who's going to jump into any cause. You come out and say, oh, there's a kitten outside. Let's yeah. go save all the kittens in the world. Yeah. That's like, no, I'm not that foolish. I'll try to rally the whole world to pitch in a dime so there's a million dollars to help people who are helping the kittens. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that's definitely more my style than like literally beating on you know every door. Mm-hmm. Uh, but skateboarding is obviously a little bit more close to my heart. So oh, yeah. when it came to like our Costa Mesa project, I just got pissed off. You know I mean? Like on the, the mayor of Newport was like saying skateboarders were a defiant subculture and blah, blah, and they'll never be a skate park in his town. Yet I was coaching his, his child's soccer team. Yeah. You know, I go, if I'm a defiant subculture, why aren't you coaching my kid's team? And I'm the troublesome parent. Why yeah. am I the guy coaching your team? And blah, blah, blah. And so we wrote some stuff that got published in the paper and kind of started that battle. But yeah, once I put my mind to making that happen, yeah, I made that happen, and yeah, that's look, uh, good for you too, you know. though. Cause but look, but well, you, yeah. you, you know, you did it a different way, but well, you focused on yeah. uh, on a thing, and you got your business going, and it's it's doing yeah. well. But I grew up with a lot yeah. of talkers that were no action, and so like it took me a while to 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 learn. Like, yeah, if I want to get something done, I got to do it. You do have to do it. No one's going to do it for you. And I well, I think a lot of that is just how you're wired. Mm-hmm. You know, you can learn a little bit and go after something at some point. But I remember being in high school, I'd tell people like, "I'm going to do this," and we're real estate or this. Now, like, I got my real estate license when I was 18, just mm-hmm. I felt like it. You know, mm-hmm. it wasn't like I went out and started selling houses right away or whatever. Just, but I remember people would say, "Well, what makes you think you can do that?" And well, what makes you think you can't? Because mm-hmm. if you really look around here, um, I guess I probably didn't. I wasn't aware, so aware of the glass ceiling, so to speak, or the. Um, the good old boy club and so on and so forth. So I just said, screw it, I'm going to do whatever I want. You learn a little later in life. There is a lot of frat boy back padding. There's a lot of stuff where, you know, like mm-hmm. USC people look out for USC people yeah. and so on and so forth. And a lot of people make a lot of money together because they look after their buddies, whether mm-hmm. it's from their church, from their, you know, their, their college or like that. And um, I guess I just never really paid attention to that. I just jammed or even skateboarding. You're like, mm-hmm. what, 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 what makes you think you could, you know, be in the skateboard business? Well, like, oh, let's see, I worked with Brad Dorfman, Larry Balma, and, you know, I knew George Powell and Fausto and all these guys, like, they're not rocket scientists. Like, if they could do it, why the hell can't I, you know? And, and so that was just my, my attitude was looking around me and, and thinking if other people could do it, why can't I? So, and like a podcast, you want to do a podcast, you could do a podcast. Um, who will listen? That's all, it all depends. It depends on the, um, but what saying, you build up in your life. I've been around skateboarding all my life. I don't have a huge, mm-hmm. huge following, whatever, like, but there's skateboarders just around the world who I interview interesting people. If whatever general skateboard guys in Texas don't want to listen to an optometrist in California, who cares if your clients do and our friends around here do and Chuck and, you know, Christian Asoy tunes in or who, you know, whatever, Eddie O'Gara. Um, that's all it is. I'm just archiving conversations with people that I find interesting that I know are good people. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't do podcasts with jerks. I mean, there's just no point. <laughs> I mean, I don't care if someone's famous. I don't I'm not going to do a podcast yeah. with them because I like, yeah, I'm going to get a bunch of listeners. Like, no, I don't waste well, my time. Well, that's kind of a, you know? like for like the people that I see though, the people that come in the same way, I don't care who you are. If you're cool, you're cool. If you're not, and that's just anyway. So like, I don't just get pro skaters. I get lots of amateur skaters and everyone's just really cool. Like, well, for sure. My whole, my whole thing, I yeah. like, you know, you know, when I tell someone about somewhere, it's like, no, like if you have a, Choice, like I even like I'll print yeah. stickers and I'll say like, yeah, you know, I'm the only skater you know that prints stickers, but I have to print good stickers and I have to be able to give them at a fair price or like that. Mm-hmm. So don't I don't want anything for nothing. But if you have a choice between someone who skates and someone who doesn't, mm-hmm. hey, support the skater. Yeah. The brotherhood is a family, whatever you want to call it. You know, is it's a, it is a pretty tight knit thing, and, mm-hmm. and you see it when you've seen in skateboarding is when someone like dies. Mm-hmm. That's when you really feel the family like really come together and you know whether it's helped the family. I've been a few of the craziest funerals I've been to in the world were for skateboarders or like, you know, Jean Hoffman who owned the Pipeline Skate Park with her family. Oh my God, a hot 300 skaters shows up, mm-hmm. show up to a, a funeral. I mean, it's like, um, yeah, skating, there, there's, a, there's a crazy bond with skateboarding. It's hard to explain to someone who didn't grow up doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's probably why I ask. I try to get people's kind of viewpoint of how they think it affected their life mm-hmm. because whether you were deep in in the industry like I was or just part of your local skate scene I mean whenever I go back to Ohio every year and I go to this collector's group and I meet these guys from all over they're from they're from Canada and Florida and Alabama and you name it um, but their common bond of skateboarding is just it's just deep mm-hmm. 
and they all have their stories of growing up and, and fighting to, to again to be different and not mm -hmm. feel like you were giving in to society you know without rejecting you know skateboarders have been very successful I mean a lot, mm -hmm. of, a lot of skateboarders go on to make all sorts of crazy successful companies because I think they apply the same principles you know nothing's easy but nothing's going to stop me mm -hmm. you know but it's also having your own spin like you're not trying to do a cookie cutter thing you put your own spin on it make yourself different and kind of a well, there's passion. I think there's a lot of yeah, passion in skateboarding. Yeah. So when you carry it on to something else, mm -hmm. I think the passion continues. Yeah. It's a thing you learn, something you're born with, and then the skating brings it out. And the same thing, I always kind of, it's, it's an art, just like art. Like the same music's art, it's the same story as music. Like there's certain things where I learned a lot from music, meaning I was also in bands. And like, okay, so when I started an optometry office, I used to be in punk bands, and we used to you know, screen our own shirts. We used to screen, you know, make stickers. And all that stuff I applied to our office, except it's more a, instead of it being a lo-fi DIY. Sure. Yeah. You know, you give it to that. But I, I apply all that to here, too. So, like, I think about buttons and, and stickers. Like, you made the stickers and stuff, too. It's pretty funny. Like, that's something I'm kind of proud of is, like, when it's, you know, like, guitar picks. Like, we have guitar picks. It's like, why is my optometrist giving me a guitar pick? It's like, that's Mm -hmm. It's actually brilliant too, because well, they might go home and put that little guitar pick yeah. in the in the ledge of their mirror in their bathroom, yeah. and just then you have free advertising yeah. forever because you did something cool rather than gave them another kitchen magnet, you know? Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, the calendar. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I think skateboarding teaches us uh, yeah. a lot of a lot of interesting stuff. So, um, how many client how many clients does an optometry office have? Like, what yeah. what do you think your client base is? It's funny. I really I don't know. So I'm, it's funny business wise. I don't really. I hate to say it, like I'm not saying I'm not a good businessman. But I you just, don't live and breathe like I have five hundred twenty. Yeah, clients, exactly. which is I understand too. Because who, yeah. who, who you know, and, and let's face it, there's attrition. People drift off. And yeah. new people come, and I'm, it's more about a curiosity. Yeah, you know, I'm a I, person who always cares about. I business, couldn't I guess. give you a number, but I could tell you it's it grows and grows. It's not like one of those. Oh, we're struggling to get people to come in. Sure, and, and, and your in. wife is an optometrist. Oh yeah, as well. we work together, so, um, and, and so and, and she's very similar to me. So everyone, if you like me, you're gonna like her. Um, yeah, but it's one of those things where number wise, I couldn't tell you, but I could tell you the reason why is because I'm not struggling or freaking out why people aren't coming in. Like. It's one of those things where you, if you come in, you're happy. Most people are, I think, you know, luckily. And they tell their friends to come in, and they tell their family to come yeah. in, and that's yeah, pretty it's cool. It's all referral-based. Yeah. yeah. Like if so you, if, to, how about advertising? Do you advertise? I advertise in what's called the Plaza Review. Okay, which is the local thing yeah. that gets handed out to the community of Orange. Which yeah, is and I do that place. because it's a local thing. But other yeah. than that, we don't advertise. Yeah. We got, like, a lot of good online reviews. Mm -hmm. But that's I, we don't ask for that because I think it's not cool to ask. Yeah. People just do that on I understand. their own. Yeah, someone wants so, to go out of their way to. Yeah, say they do that, and I don't ask for it. And when we do, we get a notice, and it's it's awesome. I'm like, oh, thank you, that's super cool. But like, we we don't ask for reviews, or we don't ask for people to go online, or we don't ask you to tell you to bring your friends in either. It just we do a good job. We'll hopefully, just do it on your own. I think when people like somebody, they want mm -hmm. to tell other people about. Yeah, them. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, to the extent that they can still yeah. get in. And they're yeah. like, I'm not telling anybody else because I can't get in anymore. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's a whole different problem. So but. that's another, yeah, there's some truth to that. But I I always remember like, oh, this person's been coming here forever. Yeah, yeah I want to make sure I keep everyone happy. Like, yeah. yeah. And that is a challenge of business. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, my, my ex-wife is a hairdresser on the hair salon. Things when you get so booked and so busy, yeah. you raise your prices. Yeah. Because it's a part of the reality of the thing is then you have to like, well, those that really value what I do will keep yeah, keep yeah. me not having to work more to take care of more people they'll allow me to earn more income yeah. and then you can hire someone uh, an understudy to come in and, and and who can maybe charge less lower prices and you mm -hmm. can build build them up but uh, yeah but if you just keep working and, and you know working your ass off to get more people in and more people in and more people yeah. in it's not always necessarily the best business move mm -hmm. but uh, but ultimately, you guys can be happy, I think, right? Yeah. Well, that's the whole thing for yeah, my wife and I, happy. We spend time with our kids. So, like I said, I'm tired all the time because we spend a lot of time with him. So, so five, uh, yeah. is that not quite kindergarten? Yeah, yet, he, he technically, he's in what they call transitional kindergarten. It gets kind of complicated. <laughs> like, I never heard of that until... Transitional kindergarten. Yeah, yeah. I never. It's, so, yeah, he's not in kindergarten yet. But, he's yeah, he's cool. He's fun. I'm proud of him. 
Yeah, he doesn't skate though. Like, yeah, it's not. Well, you know what? My my kids yeah. skate a little bit, but never. I was never going to make my kids skate because no one made me skate. Yeah, you know, uh, my my real dad passed when I was young. My stepdad mm-hmm. married my mom when I was like close to seven. Um, he was from Ireland. He mm-hmm. didn't play. You know, uh, didn't really play any sports. I did so yeah. just. just I just found what I found kind of on my own mm-hmm. and because uh, neighborhood kids and so on and so forth and, uh, and I saw some guys I knew that grew up who got had kids and I saw some you know guys really ruin their kids mm-hmm. love for skateboarding by like making them go to the skate park with yeah. them like you're not a man if you don't come to the skate park yeah. I never wanted to have that kind of uh, that kind of vibe with my kids at all mm-hmm. yeah no so, that, that's the thing too is that he, he asked about it but he's just not coordinated yet and I, like he, I don't trust him on a board right now but I know when he's older, if he wants to, I never force him to do it. But well, the thing is, if you've got it, him laying around the garage, at some point he's going to hop on yeah, him. Well, that's, and, and if he has fun with him, then he'll do it. And ultimately, the only reason he should be a skateboarder is because he enjoys it. Yeah. Right? And yeah. if he sees you roll down and it looks fun, he's going to want to try. Mm-hmm. Um, and let's face it, if he has the coordination to do it, he'll like it. And if he doesn't, he may not like it. Mm-hmm. And that's just kind of the way it is. You know, I, I had to accept that one. I, I never... Mm-hmm. You know, never was going to be someone who made my kids into skateboarders. My mm-hmm. kids did come with me to lots of skate stuff. They've you know skated in Tony Hawk's backyard or whatever, and they, you know, those were all like cool things to tell your friends. Yeah. Uh, but uh, when it came down to uh, you know making them skate, I you know mm-hmm. that's that's their choice. They they mm-hmm. do what they want. Mm-hmm. So what's the future for you? Yeah. Well, just keep doing what I'm doing. Honestly, there's really a like okay. I kind of tell people if I'm not here anymore in this spot. It's not because I don't want to. It's because the city has developed a lot. So, like, it's a matter of time before they <laughs> want to turn this building into, like, a restaurant. There's so many uh-huh. restaurants. All these antique stores are now getting booted out to put in these upscale, like, hip restaurants. And and I, it's that's the thing. So my goal is to be here forever. But realistically, it's it's that's what I have to watch out for. It's yeah. just, you know, times change. People want different things. And so. the price of real estate is so astronomical. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Not right. Buying the building's not easy. You yeah, know? exactly. Like, buying the building. That would save us, but yeah. realistically, the rent goes up a lot. And it's yeah. because is it a triple net? Was that? Oh, is it triple net rent? Or is it like a flat rate gross? Oh, it keeps growing. Yeah, okay. it keeps growing. Yeah, it keeps... So... But changes every year. But I mean, triple yes. net means they charge you for everything. Like that's... I don't know. It's not like a retail... Kind of, no. this is more of an office. Uh, yeah, no, we have a flat rate that just goes, you know, okay. we pay It increases 5% rent. or 10%. Yeah, exactly. Or like that. yeah, That's what that. Okay. Sorry, um, I didn't know what that meant. Well, because <laughs> triple, triple net, I mean, triple net is funny for those who don't know. Let's talk about some real estate here yeah, on the I, uh, skateboarding yeah. show. Talk triple me net too. means net, net, net. It okay. means every cost is passed on to the uh, tenant. Mm-hmm. So, um, so for instance, typically if you're in a retail center, like you drive on those places, one of the places with like a beauty supply and a mm-hmm. and a pet store and like that, they're almost all what's called triple net. And if they pay the property taxes, mm-hmm. they pay the maintenance, the painting. Yeah. That's why most of those places, a lot of them are very are they're well maintained. Mm-hmm. They'll pay the parking lot every four years. Mm-hmm. They'll divide it up and go. You have fifteen hundred square feet out of fifteen thousand square feet. Ten percent of that goes to you. And so so you'll have a a rent amount. Say it's you know fifteen hundred dollars a month, and your triple net fee might be three hundred this year. And four hundred next year, mm-hmm. six hundred the next year if they decide that they're going to spend a whole bunch of money. And if you don't it. have caps mm-hmm. on it and stuff like that, and people get caught in traps because they don't realize that like the guys own the building for thirty years and then they sell it, mm-hmm. and your lease hands. Well, guess what? The new owner, their tax goes up. Yeah, times five. Correct. Yeah. You have to pay it as a tenant because mm-hmm. that's the way triple net means all mm-hmm. the expenses are spread to the tenants. It's a, it's a brilliant thing for a landlord. A real sucky <laughs> place to be for a uh, a retail center. A lot of retail centers and it's. Be- hard to describe because this is sort of like retail center but yeah. it's not like a strip mall kind of yeah, retail it's, center yeah it's, it's very old school yeah it's yeah exactly it's like an old shopping center where you kind of have like a, not even a shopping center just like but this is this is a rare like, there's not a lot of Southern California I mean there is there is but not every town is now this is like an old fashioned downtown correct like yeah, you walk yeah. the downtown from yeah. the you know the, the well it used to be the pharmacy Watson's yeah. used to be the the pharmacy uh Slash soda shop. I yeah. thought that place was pretty cool. Yeah, that place was awesome. That place just disappeared. I think like a couple months ago. Yeah. Actually, even prior to it though, there was a fake Watson's there. Like someone else took it over. Yeah, no, I knew the people who owned that one. Right, the new one, or? friends, the newer one. Yeah. Oh yeah, the remodel it and all. I think the remodel of it actually chased a lot of people. Yeah, out. Yeah, oh definitely. It yeah, was, it yeah. was. I mean, I love the old thing walking, and it looked like well, kind of like rubies, like original. Like, yeah. You know. Well, you had a place that was legit. A hundred was a hundred years old. It was yeah. a real old place, and then they kind of remodeled it. 
And they did it night. I mean, it was oh, nice. No, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. But oh, I think it, beautiful. it was no longer the it, classic. It became Disneyland old, meaning like when you go to Disneyland and it's fake, meant to look old, but it really wasn't old. Uh, kind of describe it like I'm into Ferrell's, like the ice cream yeah, shop. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's not like really. I mean, you actually had a place that was 100 years old, and then you made it look like a fake 100 years old. Like, <laughs> like, like so. and it's funny because you know the intention was all probably in the right place. They wanted huh. it to be. You know, just a new, clean version of it. And yeah. uh, unfortunately, maybe that just wasn't what the clientele wanted. Yeah, and the people around here, and, it's, and in their defense, though, nobody around here really went to Watson's. That Like, it was never crowded. And then once yeah. you took it away, now everyone has this passion for it once it was gone. But realistically... Yeah, as much as anything, I like walking through it just to see that ice cream counter, kind of yeah. the, the, <laughs> you know, the old-fashioned counter. Yeah. But once it was gone, that's when everyone all of a sudden loved it. But when it was here, no one... I work right here. I can tell you, we went there all the time. It was empty. No one was there. It was dirty. <laughs> but I think that was kind of the beauty of it. So as a skateboarder who wears glasses when I skate, mm-hmm. um, do you have any tips? Ah, jeez. Stop falling on my yeah, face? I was saying, yeah, <laughs> That's a tough one. So like... Cause I used to always wear contacts. They dry on my eyes. Yeah, so that's the same thing too. And then depending on your age, contacts aren't necessarily that... So okay, when someone comes to me and they skate and they want contacts I try to say like don't worry so much about far away because you're not looking off in the distance but you kind of want to get the contacts to see mid-range yeah kind of like see your board kind of see the coping so that's kind of like my advice with that is you know aim for that but then those contacts you could only wear when you skate like if you go driving in your car you won't be able to see street signs you won't see anything so that's kind of a yeah, the contacts. Yeah, you, you you you're moving. The air comes in. They're going to drive. Yeah, if you're it. carving really fast, and I like to go fast, and the wind blows in my eyes, yeah. and I'd be squinting. And I've worn them a little bit lately. Yeah. I mean, you've given me some contacts. I kind of keep in my bag, and yeah. sometimes I'll go for a short session, put them on. But uh, yeah, I, I wore contacts every day for 20 years, and then I. But it's funny. So Elgara, his yeah. glasses, like he has a big old curve kind of on the back. So he really. This is a, actually he doesn't wear this as much, but he has to certain, hold on. Yeah, it, yeah. It's, he wears their aviators. They're actually pretty cool. They're like a Johnny Room, not Johnny. Yeah, they wear their Ramones ones that he has, and they he curves them really tight so they sit like they're metal like aviators. So the the backs and they actually like hook around his ears. So, but yeah, that's that's a hard one because realistically, you're gonna skate, they're gonna get ruined. You're gonna come in here and say, "I'm sorry, they fell." And that's that's just. Yeah, no, I hate when they fly yeah. off. I'm just praying they don't land lens down and So the and answer scratch. to that is, it's just, there's really no tip. Like everyone, <laughs> every, everyone that skates with their glasses come in here with, they, they get to Well, you know, it's funny, that's when I first know I needed glasses. Uh-huh. Uh, I was skating in a contest by the 80s in Del Mar, uh-huh. um, and it, the, it was getting dark. Yeah, oh and, yeah, that's a I remember thing. literally I'd tail drop, and the, okay. and the orange coping on the other side was fuzzy yeah. until I approached it. Because yeah. I could see pretty, I could see pretty close for a few feet, yeah. but not the thirty-five feet or whatever across the bowl. So I'd be like rolling into a bowl, looking at like fuzzy fluorescent lights or whatever—not fluorescent, but you know the big over outdoor lights shining on it and the orange coping glowing and like or the orange tiles. And I'm like fuzzy, and it was kind of scary. Like you know, I'm going to go do an invert on this wall, but I'm not going to see that wall until I'm already there. So what and, happens is a lot of the skating, like visually. You, you, it's when the dusk and dumb when the sun starts to go down and so what happens is most people have trouble with the transition it's kind of like if you're like okay you have to just kind of go by feel versus sight mm-hmm. and that's what most people have an issue with it's like okay if you, if you can't go by just the feeling of it you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna hurt yourself but so that's where the whole contacts and glasses do help but the truth, if it's bright out, it's a sunny day, you should be fine. You should be okay. It's just that. Oh, yeah. I could skate without glasses at all yeah. in, in most days. It's just that just, dust, low lighting, basically. Yeah. That's when that's when you'll, you'll feel Well, it. I think when it, when it becomes fuzzy, not just, I mean, like right now, I, took my gla- I don't have my glasses on. I'm looking across the room. And, you know, I can still see the shelves and the glasses on. But I don't see anything clear. I can read the yeah. Prada sign kind of if I squint. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I was skating at nighttime and I'm, and I'm like not seeing the coping clearly until I'm already there I'm, I get a little more scared mm-hmm. you know whereas in the daytime I could probably skate and, and not freak out on it so <laughs> I don't know no. <laughs> yeah but yeah so the answer to your question you just gotta just bang them up get a pair of just meant for skating that it's okay if they break or get scratched you're, you're not sad 
I'm just happy that some of the ones I found the last couple of years, the Black Flies guys gave me, and they actually stay on my face when I skate. Which so that, oh yeah, that's for years though, all yeah. my glasses would just fly off, mm-hmm. you know. And, uh, and no matter what I did, I didn't want to have like one of those little cords behind my ear or whatever like that. Yeah. Probably would have been smart if I did, but. Mm-hmm. Um, so who's your favorite skateboard client? And you can't oh, say me because oh, I'm here because uh, like. That's um, uh, that's uh, okay. So, not. I did get you the wall hangers to hang your board. Yes, that's, that's true. Right. That so, was that. That's that makes me feel good. So what's nice is a uh, Dennis Martinez has been okay. really good to me. I really love Dennis Martinez. Like he's a good guy, meaning like uh, very supportive and like very enthusiastic. So he's someone that like I've gotten pretty close with him. Yeah. I, I really Kevin, like I have one thing in common. Do you know what it is? Yes, I do. Your birthday. Exactly. Yeah. Got December 24th. Christmas. Or 25th. 25th. Yeah, okay, we're, both, yeah. we're both Christmas yeah, babies. Yeah, yeah. So. so Dennis Martinez is a guy like, I really like, I really love that guy. He's just like very supportive. But I, uh, but the truth, Christian Hasoy is the guy who is the first person who, so I actually just, the way Hasoy came in. The he's a leader way, of the pack. So look at it this way. He's, Hasoy was the first guy who came in here, and Hasoy, okay, gave me the thumbs up. And then so if Hasoy gives you the thumbs up, everyone else is, okay, cool, I'll come. So basically once... argue that for sure. Yeah, no, once Hasoy says, no, Alex is cool, you could trust him, everyone else came Because so, he says it with swagger. Oh, of course. Christian's got swagger. That's, yeah. a, that's the thing. Like, there's, it comes natural. I've known yeah. him since he's like eight years old. The swagger's been flowing since he was a little kid. Yeah. You know, so. So I was kind of talking about Christian Jacobs walking in here and everyone stops what they're doing. Same with us. So yeah. He walks in here. Hey! He's like the fods. I, know, I need to do a podcast with Christian one of these days. Yeah. We always talk about it. You yeah. know, I print a lot of stickers for him. He comes yeah. by, picks them up like, hey, you want to do a podcast? Oh, man, I got to to town or I need a meeting yeah. or Always something. And then sometimes we sit around and talk for an hour. Like, we should have just recorded that. That would have been good. Um, but, uh, yeah, he's funny. I mean, him and I, we get along better now than we ever did. Not that we ever didn't get along. But, you know, growing up, they're in yeah. the scene. You're in that scene. You're for different companies. You know, um, you just didn't hang out a lot. So mm-hmm. I think a lot of people have this assumption that all, every pro skater knew every pro skater super intimately. And, mm-hmm. oh, we just knew him. Mm-hmm. You know, Klaus Grabke has become one of my best friends over the last, you know, 15 years. Mm-hmm. Not 25, 40, whatever, 40 mm-hmm. years ago. I guess I forget how damn old I am. Not, <laughs> not 40 years yeah. ago when he was like the European champion. It's like, he was just another guy yeah. that I probably passed by at a couple contests where I that, but I didn't mm-hmm. know very well. Mm-hmm. And now as you get older, well, so Christian and I probably in the last two or three years have had the best conversations we've ever had in our life where he just mm-hmm. sat in my office couch. We've talked for hours about days when he made skateboards in Malibu with friggin' drug lords financing <laughs> yeah. and shit like that, how crazy it was and the stuff yeah. that happened. And, you know, stories, I didn't know those stories back then, yeah. you know. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, so. he has a lot of good stories. Yeah. He doesn't, well, yeah. I mean, but he's also, I mean, like him and Tony Hawk, you know, cab something somewhere. They're like they're like the the Michael Jordans and the Kobe Bryant's whatever mm-hmm. of of skateboarding. Mm-hmm. They're the ones who were brought everywhere on earth. They were flown to Europe, to Correct. Sweden, to Spain, to that. Guys like me, like I toured the U.S. and did parking lot demos in mm-hmm. the eighties. You know what I mean? I wasn't going to you know Canada and and, and France and mm-hmm. all that. So and even if I did, I'd be just you know we're the. We're the warm-up band, right? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, they're, yeah. they're the superstars who came on stage. It's like, oh my God, Franz. Yeah. I mean, I've watched 5,000 kids. Um, literally, I watched Christian like he was parting the Red Sea and was Jesus Christ himself, yeah. like at the Vancouver World's Fair in 86. Literally, mm-hmm. kids wanted autographs, and he's like waving his hands, like, follow me. And he like starts walking towards a hillside, yeah. and you see like... 1500 kids just following Christian like a like a bunch of ants up a hill like yeah that that doesn't come with everybody that's a yeah. very uh, a very limited thing that only the Christian Assoys and the Tony Hawk stuff uh, mm-hmm. ever really got to experience mm-hmm. so, one of my favorite things he said to me when, when he came in like the first time I was like so you ran into him all the time so I'm out skating you just run into him here and there the best thing he said I was like oh you know I always run into you I've met you many times and his, his response was was I nice to you and I'm like, yes, you were always nice to me. Well, because I think some of those guys realized that over the years, they probably had times when they were like frustrated, tired, too many yeah. people were hounding them, and they probably scooted off or whatever. And um, yeah, was I nice? Yeah, it's pretty funny. Yeah, I just thought that was kind of like, oh, yeah, you're cool, you're cool. Yeah, yeah you don't have to apologize now. <laughs> uh, oh, you know what? I did want to tell you the story about my broken arm. Oh, you, you do? I'm looking at your scar yeah, while yeah. we sit here. So that, is that your, that's your worst skateboard injury. Yeah, so, okay. speak, so I have a nice uh, fracture. So this has to 
It's not because of Christian Hosoi. I would love, but it's it's that would be an awesome story to blame Christian on your broken arm. So the way it works out is, uh, I was basically like I was skating the combi, and I I always always make this clear. Okay, hang on one second. We're gonna hold this story just because my battery is looking low, and I am gonna go. All right here, we're back. Okay, this battery's not too much, so we're gonna end this in a few minutes. But we're talking about your. Oh, my broken your arm. Your broken arm. Okay. And the Krishna Soy is not the one who broke your arm. Just, no, just no, no, no. <laughs> but the story is this. Soy is really good to me. And um, like you mentioned, does Lonnie come here? I'm like, no, but I remember I was skating. It was at the combi. And I specifically was riding the board because Soy gave me a his rider. It's his rider. Okay, yeah. His trucks, his wheels, everything. A complete. Just gave it like, ready to roll. Yeah, That's awesome. Yeah, it's, his, yeah. It's, it's his board. And so I'm riding it. Gave it to me, and I, I'm used to not riding such nice boards. <laughs> okay, so, so. So the, the trucks probably feel different. Oh, everything's yeah. different. Yeah. yeah. So I take it to the combi. Okay, and I'm okay. I'm going okay, and then I, I, I did the wooden wrap. Okay, awesome. The mini, everything's good. So I, okay, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go for this. So I'm riding, and this is the my logic though. My logic is, when Hasoy gives you a board. You don't mess with it, you know. I don't know. I'm not better than Hassan. So you're saying, in hindsight, it might be foolhardy logic, but you, yeah. it was the logic you applied at the yeah. time. It's I want to see how Homeboy rides it there. You know, it's do I do I think my wheel of choice is better than Hassan's wheel of choice? No, I do not. Do I think if but I it might be more appropriate for you? Yes, maybe. it is. Yep. It is. <laughs> do I need to loosen my trucks, tighten my trucks? No. Let's see how let's see how Hassan rides it. So that's what I did. Is I kept it, rode it. And I, it was, it's, and I just slid out. And I, it's funny because it was just the, the little double, little waterfall, the little dip in the, on the round of the combi fell in. And it was, I fall there all the time. No big deal. I, I want to make it clear. I'm a sucky skater. I suck. <laughs> do you smile when you skate? I laugh. Then you do not suck. Yeah. Oh, yeah someone says, people say that all the time, like, dude, like you're ripping. I wish I could skate like that. What do you mean? Dude, you were smiling when you were out skating. That's, yeah. that, you win. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's the thing. I, I don't claim to be I just like to throw that disclaimer because everyone kind of assumes I'm really good because of the people, <laughs> the people that I see. I'm like, no, no, no. I have a lot of musician friends and I can't even, I think I'm tone deaf. All right. So, that, so. <laughs> But that happens is if you hang out with birds of a feather, you kind of think, oh, yeah. For sure. I'm like, no, no. I just throw that disclaimer out there Pretty yeah anyway funny. so i just slid out hit the trans uh and at the transition it just hit my arm just right so yeah it busted uh, and you got like rods and pins and yeah rods and pins. lonnie was there and he had to pull me out which was really yeah ironically christian pulled me out oh, really? with a couple other guys uh, uh-huh. Statham, like when i hurt my ankle the worst i've ever heard it in the mm-hmm. combi didn't break anything fortunately mm-hmm. But this uh, rat is when it broke, my first response was, I'm fine, I'm okay. Because I, I, I always fall. Like I said, I fall and I laugh. And it didn't hurt. But then I just saw my arm dangling there. Uh, and I was just like, oh, okay. I do I've said it on too many podcasts. I know it's going to come true. I'm going to knock on wood. Yeah. I still have never broken a bone. Oh, well, uh, but it's going to yeah, happen. Yeah. I know it's it's probably not going to happen doing anything gnarly. Yeah, I'm well, going to like just roll and fall down and like and I'll watch my arm dangling. And I've seen enough arms dangling. I don't really ever want to see my arm dangling. So I'm sure you weren't stoked <laughs> when you saw it. Because... Uh, um, I never forget to see my never forget seeing my first break. Uh-huh. A kid at Skatetopia uh, skate park in, in probably like seventy eight or something like that. You know, kick turns, hangs up, right, slams, and I remember him like holding his arm and his elbow was facing the other way. You know what uh, I mean? Like yeah. I'm like, oh, no, yeah. I don't want to see that. I mean, like uh, I was so oh god, I was so queasy over that. <laughs> <laughs> but it does happen. Yeah. I'm cool. I'm all healed up. I'm good. You're alive. Yeah. But the reason why I slipped out is, yeah, his wheels are a lot slicker than what I'm used to. Or at least, yeah. So that was a, that was my learning curve. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of product out there and there's a reason. Yeah. Because you have to find what works for your style. Correct, correct. Yeah. yeah. You can't really... Um, and that's one of the ironic things about skateboarding, selling you all the pros and their stuff. Mm-hmm. By the time when someone's on a pro level, they're riding so differently than your average person the average person shouldn't be writing what they're writing mm. because they're not capable well, of using it to the extent now. like that. Well, tell I'm just saying. Now. It's just the difference between marketing and merchandising skateboard product right. and the reality of what people need. Mm-hmm. You know, and their two aren't really in line that well. <laughs> you know, so, I mean, it's, I mean, think of all the popsicle stick boards we sold to kids in the 90s for Christmas. Mm. They're seven. They got a yeah. popsicle stick that doesn't turn and mm-hmm. has 48 millimeter wheels on it. Like, that kid didn't become a skateboarder likely. He likely threw that thing in the garage and never skateboarded. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you need to already be good when you get that board so mm-hmm. you can go straight out and kick flip it, you know. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. um, yeah, there's been a lot of mismatch of, of product. 
<laughs> so do you have any uh, final words for the uh, skateboarders of the world? Yeah, come by if you need anything. You yeah, come by and see. Yeah, Orange Circle Optometry located near yeah. the Orange Plaza. Yeah, no, but actually, <laughs> it'd be more of a, more of a thank you because I get lots. Like I said, I get lots of skaters that come here just because they know I skate to support. It's 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 it's, it's, it's cool. So no, well, you, skaters like sharing it. Like yeah. I, I, you know, I like no, saying I, this is you know Alex, my optometrist, and he's a skateboarder, and yeah. you know, and some of the skateboarders going to come in here and see a row of boards on the wall, and you know, and that's and they're and that's your clientele is. From the same family, mm-hmm. so yeah, but no, but thank you to all the skaters for that because that's awesome. It's cool. And I met a lot of people. And, like and I thanks said, for taking care of my my eyes. Uh, yeah. My eyes are wonderful. I, you know. <laughs> and when they change, come back because they will. That's what happens. Ay, ay, ay. Yeah. It's like your skateboard. Your, yeah. Even your glasses wear out. Yeah. So all right, my friend. Well, thank you for taking the time. Well, thanks and, for coming. Uh, and I appreciate this. I hope you get at least one customer from this. Um, no. <laughs> or lose three. Lose three, that would be awesome. <laughs> yeah. So I'm on a podcast I listened to with the guy that was just, who was that guy interviewing you? He's such a dork. Yeah. <laughs> if you associate with friends like that, we yeah. can't come. But hey, you told me Christian Jacob says this, that, you're, that I'm your, yeah, yeah. your bio. I like that. Yeah, Thanks, he, Christian. He proudly, yeah, he says it proudly too. I yeah. love Christian. Good dude. All right, my friends. Yeah. Uh, sayonara. We shall see you till the next episode. Uh, thanks, thanks for listening, and uh, have a wonderful morning, evening, night, weekend, weekday. Who knows when I'll post this? This might get posted by June. Okay. But, well. uh, <laughs> all right, thanks, Alex. Thank you. Guys. Show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.